Welcome to the This Girl Sales Podcast. I'm your host, Tina Hussey, and this is the podcast for women who sail. One thing I really love about sailing is the community. You can be in a marina and meet someone for just a minute. Next thing you know, you're sharing a sundowner on the back of your boat or theirs and can become lifelong friends. I also love how easily and willingly our community shares information. After asking a question on a fantastic Facebook group I'm a member of called Women Who Sail Australia, I met and started chatting to one particular woman about cruising in Southeast Asia, and I just had to get her on the show. Deb Bott has been exploring Indonesia, Thailand and Malaysia for many years with her husband Bruce on board their yacht Matilda. After some initial recording issues on my end, we were finally able to catch up online and chat about her sailing in this area. We talked about how someone who has never sailed before ends up living aboard a yacht and cruising full-time, what it's like cruising in Southeast Asia. I asked her why she loves sailing and also what her greatest challenge is as a cruiser. She also shares some great advice about provisioning and other tips and tricks for sailing. Let's have a chat with Deb Bott. So, Deb, can you tell us a little bit about you and your boat and where you are at the moment? Sure. I am Deb Bott of Matilda, and we're in Langkawi in Malaysia. Uh, we've been sailing her full-time since 2010 and living aboard her since 2010. Prior to that, we had a trailer sailor and a Benetel. Nice. That's a bit of a um, size upgrade. Yeah, the trailer sailor was 20 feet, and then we went up to a 28-foot Benetel, which felt like, you know, the Titanic. And then we, then we saw Matilda, 43 feet, and thought, good Lord, are we going to be able to sail that? Anyway, here we are, we're doing it, and we're having a great time. It's... um interesting how you get used to the bigger boat after well not not uh, much time at all isn't it yeah well it's hilarious now because now i'm like we well, should have brought like a 56 footer <laughs> i don't know what we were thinking <laughs> is it just just the two of you on board most of the time yes it's pretty much all the time just the two of us we've had a couple of friends and family come up and but definitely full time it's beautiful with just the two of us fantastic now, you're, you're an Aussie, aren't you? You're from, from Australia? Yeah, uh, born in Melbourne, but live in Brisbane. Okay, fantastic. And um, how long have you been cruising? I've been cruising, which is all because of Bruce, and that would be from about 2005. Uh, he already had the trailer sailor, so we, okay. we fixed her up. She'd sat for a long time, you know, from another life, and... Um, we fixed her up and off we went uh, in 2005, weekend sailing in Morton Bay. So you didn't grow up on the water? Oh, good grief, no. Mm-hmm. Not me personally, no. Uh, Bruce, I'm only on the water because of Bruce. He, His dad built boats, he worked on boats for 20 years, he's just Mr. Boats. And then I came along and then eventually 2005 was when we got back onto the trailer sailor. Before that, nothing. Wow. Okay. So how did Not you? Not just skiing. You know, skiing. <laughs> yeah. How did how did you transition into a sailor or a um, trailer boat, and then getting into cruising? Because that's quite a quite a. It was um, a big thing. Yeah, big it, thing. It, 
It was probably more a dream of Bruce's and then, you know, because he was more aware of what was going on uh, and the possibilities. And then, of course, the more we talked and I love reading, so I started reading and then, of course, you're in a marina, so you're meeting people all the time. Then our kids, we've got five kids. It was all getting a bit squashy on the 20-footer. So we ramped it up to the better tower at 28 feet, still a weekend sailor. We used to go away for school holidays and things like that, uh, mainly three, three, the three kids on at a time. The other two were a bit older. And, um, yeah, just meeting people and, and dreaming and sitting having sundowners in your, in your Bennett Tower at Peel Island in Morton Bay going, we could do this full time, you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Um, awesome. yeah, it is great talking to people, isn't it, and, and um, just hearing, it, yeah, exactly, yeah. hearing where people have been, and yeah, it's it's great. It's a big decision, though, to, to step off the rat race. So how did you, how did you do that? Because a lot of people I talk to, you know, they, they love sailing, and they, the dream is to go cruising, but they never actually leave the marina, so what, yeah. what was your big drive to, to actually do it? Uh, well, it, there's a few things and um, health was one of them. That was a decision. And then I guess it more came about because Bruce was uh, had always wanted this particular boat. Matilda's a Hans Christian, Christina, 43. There's not a lot of them in Australia. And He'd always been looking, been looking, and then one afternoon he just announced, I found our next boat. I thought, I didn't even know I was looking for another boat, but okay. And we went off, and when we saw the boat, I said, it's way too big. And he said, I think we should go. I think we should. There was a few series of events that happened, and that pushed us off. Great. Good on you. Yeah. Yeah. It was a big decision. Yes, it is huge, isn't it? We. Um... But... You know, if you keep waiting and waiting and waiting and saying you've always got this to-do list, the to-do list never goes away. It's always there. Ours just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. I'm on my fourth exercise book. It's ridiculous. So yes. I, I can totally relate. Yep. <laughs> it never stops. And the more you live on board, you know, we're constantly, we're in a beautiful position, I must say, for 90% of things where we're proactive maintenance, not reactive. Yep. And so, you know, but you learn, you're always learning things. And sometimes other people's unfortunate experiences is where you'll go back to your own boat and go, oh, we better have a look at that on ours. Yes, so true. So that's where it's really lovely that people share good experiences and especially their bad. Yeah. Because that's how we learn. Yeah, because sometimes you don't even know it's an issue until someone else has a problem and then you go back. Sometimes there's a a hidden thing somewhere. You never think to look at it. And it's critical. So when you started cruising, were you daunted by um, the longer passages and watches and, and, and what have you? How did you, how did you get into, into that? That, our longest passages back then was probably just going up to the Sundays. We did them all day hopping. Yeah. And then when we started to take slowly a bit more time off work, a bit more, a bit more, at extended periods... And, uh, you know, I'm very lucky to have someone who's been on the water nearly all his life. So he had very good strategies. And, you know, I actually quite enjoy the night sails now. You know, it's it's beautiful being out there on your own and 
It's lovely. It's just take it slowly and do whatever works for you. Yeah. Yeah, great. Because we're we're yeah. we're about to to take off, and I'm really looking forward to to the longer passages. But I find, you know, the idea of being out at sea for a couple of days and night watches and what have you is a bit it's a bit daunting. Like I'm really looking forward to it, but at the same time, I you know, I think yeah, it is always daunting, and you've got to be on your toes. I think you know, you, yes, on watch is being on watch. On watch is not being on watch and playing games on your phone or. You know, we've known a few people who have had crew on board that have done that and they've crashed. That, that is in Asia, by the way, not in Australia. Yeah. Um, there's a lot less hazards in Australia. But, mm. Um, mm. you know, and the time during the day, we just sleep whenever whoever's sleepy. But at night time, it took us a while to find our rhythm. Yes. You know, some people like four hours on, four hours off, three, two, whatever. And you just have to keep doing it till you figure it out for yourself. For us, we love two and two. Yeah. I don't know how that works, but it seems to work really well for us. So that's what we stick with. Yeah, great. Great. Hmm. And so you're, you took the leap from Australia and you're now in Southeast Asia. Um, yeah. What, what's it like cruising over there? Do you have a favorite spot or just the whole area? Uh, definitely the east coast of Malaysia is the better place. There's wind over there, which is nice. Um, there's not a lot of wind where we are, yeah. so there's a lot of motoring. But um, it is nice. You've got uh, absolutely beautiful clean water and a bit of wind, good anchorages. East Coast Malaysia is definitely better. Okay. As far as sailing goes. Yes. It's good. Very yeah. good. Yeah. And... Do you find the area to be safe, Deb? Because I know sort of, you know, you hear sort of Southeast, well, Asia in general, people are a bit sort of worried about safety and pirates and all that sort of thing. Have you had any any troubles? Well, we've, we've done a fair bit of Indonesia, not all of it. Indonesia is absolutely massive, but we've done a fair bit. Um, uh, Langkau in Malaysia, a lot of Malaysia, because Malaysia's huge, like it goes the other side of Singapore and up the west coast and um, and then a fair bit of Thailand, uh, mainly Phuket and I've got to tell you I don't think there's any pirates in this region at all and I have to be honest when I read posts uh, back home I think we and our vessel and our, in, our tender especially are safer here than they are in Australia. <laughs> Interesting. It's unbelievable. They are incredibly uh, welcoming and generous and uh, we've, we've never not felt safe never great that's good that's good yep great people and I mean I know you, you said you've been cruising in that area for a while but where do you find information on anchorages and um, you know provisioning and getting fuel and, and as you're traveling from country to country is that just come from experience uh, well, there's there's some very good guides out now. Yeah. Um, that you know, some people have written some some excellent guides, cruising guides, and of course online, like on Facebook, there's the Southeast Asia boat sharing information group. It's unbelievable. Excellent. And of course, people just talking. You know, you go to the dock somewhere, and you know, next thing you're back at their boat. And, Everyone's just saying, oh, I've been there. Yeah, go here, go there. This is where you get your fuel. 
there's a fantastic community. Uh, it's it's just been brilliant. Yeah, excellent. Good old Facebook, hey? <laughs> it, it really is quite amazing. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's a fantastic way to connect with people that are either just left. But the thing that we will say uh, it is you need recent information. Yes. Not a year ago information. Yep. So much changes. It's, it's incredible. Even a matter of weeks, you know, where we may have used to have docked somewhere, they've taken that away now. You can't go there anymore. Yeah, right. Okay. Uh, it's, so it, it's random. Stuff just happens. So, you know, but even just if you pull up in an anchorage and there's already someone there, they've usually gone and got provisioning or yep. water if you need it or fuel. And, you know, everyone's just super, super friendly. And if there's not a local yachty, just go and ask some fishermen. They've got to do the same thing. Yes. You know, they're getting their diesel somewhere. Yeah, true. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Yeah. They're very friendly. Very, yeah. very friendly. Excellent. I'm really looking forward to um to checking all that area out. It's um it just oh, it looks it. beautiful and as you said the people sound so friendly and and it's relative some, some things are a little challenge. Yeah. You know, it's not all it's it's not the building structures like jetties and things are not not, not like what they are in Australia. So sometimes you know, it's interesting. But Adds to the adventure. Gotta, yeah, that's right. You've just got to watch where you're walking and where you're putting your hands and, and make sensible decisions for you. Is there any um, language barriers? Oh, sometimes a little bit, uh, but not enough to make it a problem. Yep. And another good tool that we found is uh, Google, Google Translate. Uh, it's amazing. You do not have to have... Once you download your country, uh, you know, your language, uh, you can use it offline and you can even speak into it and then it will convert it to the language that you want at the time. Excellent. I'll have to give that a try. It's brilliant. Yeah, good. Good, good. Brilliant tool. So any any other tips for cruising in these areas? So Malaysia, Indonesia, Thailand, if someone's looking to head over there for the first time, um, do you have any tips and tricks you can offer? Well, you could just about write a book on it. Um, <laughs> it's you're, you're so not Australia. You, know, you can't go with your... You've got to go with open mind. Yes. You know, and accept that some things are going to take you all day, whatever. It could be your washing or it could be checking in or, or whatever. Don't get yourself upset. Just accept this is the way it is. And, you know, you're a, you're a visitor, you're a guest in another country and... 99.9% of the time you'll be very, very well looked after. But if you start to get a little agitated, then they'll get their back up. Um, you know, that's their country, I guess. So. Yeah. But uh, keep a smile on your face. Keep an open mind. I think that's two important things. And, uh, and yeah, do your research so as you know that you're in the right place. Just keep yourself safe. But, of course, we're very water-based, so... I'm not in a big, I'm not like in the main town of Bangkok or Kuala Lumpur. You know, 99% of my time is all coastal region. So I'm dealing with a lot of people that are locals that deal with people on the water anyway. So, you know, hardware, stuff like that, they're very good. Yeah, so they know. But anyway, really, I'm digressing, but um, it's super hot up here. (laughs) It's really, really hot. So. The more open air you can make your vessel, the better. 
like for example our dodger we can unclip it it, it you know push clips on and we can actually put it off and we lay it on top of our 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 bimini our, our yep. cockpit cover yep. so we've got all this airflow yeah. um yeah it's it's hot but at the same time you need good sun protection we believe anyway yeah um, you know keep yourself protected from the sun just drink a lot of water and you, you know there's loads of provisioning up here you're not going to get what you get at home but they're all eating up here and drinking and brushing their teeth same thing it just said it means you're not going to always find Coles or Woolworths you're going to find a local market and it took us a while to get into that groove of buying local not buying what we kept thinking we were doing at home so that that is a big change for some people we, we it took us a while bring loads of spare parts with you and bring yeah. spares for your spares because sometimes you actually can't get what you're looking for yeah okay. and then and then on the other hand, sometimes you can get the same spare part. It's the same, same, but just different, and it's fine. Yeah. But you, you don't know, you know, like engine filters and things like that. But there's some very good online uh, uh, things here. We buy a lot off a, a site called Lazada, and it's, it's mind-boggling okay. what's on this place. And so a lot of marinas here, you don't even have to be a guest of the marina if you just go up to the counter and say, look, you know, we need some water maker parts or something like that. They'll say, yeah, that's fine. You can use us and have your delivery sent here. Yes, very helpful. They're very understanding. You know, they know that they know, they know that you need parts and, you know, you can't just send it home to your brother or something. So Yes, oh, that's they're great. Good. Okay. They're very accepting. Mm. Oh, good, good, good. Now, Deb, we connected on the Women Who Sail Australia Facebook page, which is just another great resource for anyone, any women out there looking to find any information about sailing. Um, yeah. And then I noticed that you've got um, a website. So what's what's your website and what um, can you tell us a little bit about that? Because I know that you've got some great recipes on there and your newsletter is full of fantastic information. So where can people find you if they're looking for info? We are at uh, www.svmatilda.com. No capitals, no spaces. Just we, we started that purely because when we were leaving, uh, we did this sale, wonderful sale to Indonesia Rally from Cairns slash Thursday Island. Um, and we were given a lot of old or misleading information and it was a bit overwhelming. So I thought, well, this is not terrific. So um, we started to jot down everything we were doing, and that was all it started off as. And on the on our banner, just under the photo of Matilda, there is a, a tab for the wonderful sale to Indonesia. And I just sort of kept, it's quite comprehensive. There's a lot of information there for anyone wanting that. Yeah, I saw and that, then, yeah. Then that rally led on to Sail Malaysia, so there's another tab for that. <laughs> and then that led on to uh, Sail to Thailand rally. So I kept the tab and all, I kept all of our stops, like all of our anchorages, our position, the depth, anything you needed to know, which probably now, like I said before, could be old, but 
you know, the anchorage, the rocks are still going to be in the same position. So <laughs> the position is um, still relevant and the depth would still be relevant. Um, and then along the way, then we stopped doing rallies because we felt, you know, fairly confident to be making our own decisions now. Yeah. And um, now I do a monthly newsletter and I jot down all of our anchorages, again, position, depth, whatever was going on. And then I just usually sort of walk along, really, about what we did for the month. Maybe we had to get fuel, which was interesting, or, yep. you know, I just sort of go on about boat maintenance. Yeah, no, it's good. I, it's... I, I do it mainly for family, who I don't know if they actually read it, <laughs> because, <laughs> you know, it's fine that they don't leave boating. So yes, yes. It could get a bit, like, funny for them. But, you know, a few of them still look at it and, they love the photos and yeah, try to sort of cover a few different bases. Yeah, it's no, it's good. There's um, some good good information in there, and um, yeah, as I said, the recipes, a few of the recipes have been um, sound delicious because I've I've been working on my provisioning skills. Um, right. It's, it's a bit daunting. I feel like I need to stock the boat with all of the food I'm going to need for the next twelve years, even expecting to, <laughs> to not be able to find it anywhere else. So I think I need to work on that. <laughs> exactly the same thing um you know i don't know what i thought we were going into like like the arctic circle or something i mean really when i look back it was a bit silly but you know this is where misleading information comes in but to be fair when you jump off to indonesia really your first sort of you know in rabbitsy's civilized stop is about bali yeah okay it's a long way before you see anything that resembles a supermarket Um, because you can go to the markets and buy magnificent fresh fruits, vegetables, chicken, probably sick to death of eating chicken Um, because you're not getting pork and you definitely won't get lamb um, in Indonesia. And um, so, you know, if you particularly like something, I would always encourage someone to bring that, like, I know it sounds silly and probably not very environmentally friendly, but if you like a Pacific, say, glad wrap or foil, then yeah. you need to bring a fair bit of that because you're not going to get that up here. Not okay. that brand. Yeah, yeah. For example. But things like sugar, sugar's absolutely everywhere. Tea, well, you know, you're not always going to get your victim's tea. So, but you just end up buying the local product. You know, they drink loads of tea. They yeah. love coffee. Yep. Just stuff like that. You know, you just end up buying the local product. So we are considering sailing back home at the moment. So when we go shopping, we're now reprovisioning for a good six months of certain products that we know we can get in either Thailand or Malaysia because we know when we get to Indo, we're not going to be able to get it. Yes, sure. Yep. So, for example, especially toilet paper, oh. you know, I know it sounds weird. They sell toilet paper there, but if you like a specific toilet paper and that it works well in your toilet, yeah. then you need to buy yeah. loads of that. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. You know, just okay. stuff like that. Yeah. Washing powder, you know, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And did I read that you don't have a freezer? We do not. H- we don't have a freezer and we don't have a generator. Okay, okay. So how do you how does that affect I guess you're probably used to it, but how does that affect life on board? Do you 
just buy fresh produce regularly or? We do. We're quite good at that now. We go to the markets a lot. But yeah, we get around the freezer thing by using a cryback machine. Ah, uh, yep. Okay. So uh, we've actually just recently had our one that we bought from um, the, the boat show in Queensland uh, in about 15, I think we bought that. It just died, which is tragic for us because... The cryovac machine allows us to carry meat for 20 to 30 days. Wow. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, you know, if you can get red meat, which you can in, in, in Malaysia especially, you know, you can cryovac that and leave it in the fridge for up to 25, 30 days, no problem. Yeah, right. Okay. And so that eliminates us needing the freezer. Do you, um, do, you yeah. do fishing as well? Do you catch any fish? Oh. Um, I don't think we, the only thing we catch is plastic bags. Yeah. But um, we're, we're absolutely hopeless. Yeah. So we try and try and try. We're not very good. And to be quite frank, I'm not sure I'd be eating a lot of the seafood up here. You know, there is clean water. And I know that, you know, the local people just live off it. Yes. But, um, man, some of the fish we've seen is not terrific. But then that said, we, we know other cruises... And they pretty much only eat fish. Yeah. Every time we go out or we're at a hall somewhere, these two are sitting there eating all the fish food they can find. And it's like, wow. So they're never sick, so it must be fine. So, I mean, it sounds like a an amazing lifestyle. What, what is it about cruising that you love, Deb? Oh, without doubt, the freedom. Yeah. You know, the only thing that governs us, apart from a visa while you're in Asia, is, and the weather... Yeah, nothing. Absolutely nothing dictates our dictates our life. We are completely in control of our own destiny. What we want to do every day, where we are. If someone pulls up and they they play music we don't like, we just move. Not that that's ever happened, but you know, yeah, it's great. Mm. You're home every day. Whatever you want. If you love it, you just stay. It's awesome. And, and it's a minimalistic lifestyle. I yes. think that's what we both enjoy. Yes. You know, back home we don't own a house, we don't own a car, we just have Matilda. So everything on board is our entire life. So, you know, what's well, not quite true, we actually have a fair bit of stuff packed away in a, in a shipping container. But, um, <laughs> you know, like Bruce said, honestly, someone could throw the shipping container away, we wouldn't even know what was in it. Yeah, that's funny, isn't it? Yeah. Everything is here, and you learn to live very minimalistic. So, you know, you know, it's, it's you make. I think you make better choices when you know you've got limited space, or if you know you like Bruce. If something comes on, something goes off. I'm not sure I always agree with that, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, yeah, it's good. Yeah, we can do whatever we like, and and we're looking forward to coming home. Uh, we've got a, a different outlook now of cruising Australia's east coast. Yeah. So we're looking forward to that. So that's that's the next plan is to come back and spend some time yeah. Up, yeah, up and down the east coast. Great. Yeah. We've never been down to Tassie. Oh. And we, we've absolutely, not in Matilda, we've been, we've flown in. Um, but uh, we, we'd love to bring her down. She's definitely a cold water vessel. That's where she's come from. So yep. I think that would be nice too. Yeah, well, um, you'll definitely um, need your puffer jacket when you come down here if you've been up in up in Southeast Asia Can't for a wait. while. <laughs> Let me tell you. 
feel like I'm melting here sometimes. Bit of a change, yeah, great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And what would what would you say your biggest challenge is living on a boat? Uh, well, I I miss family. Yeah. Yeah, a lot. It's it, you know, it's not like you can just jump in the car and drive around the corner and have a cup of tea or something. I mean, we're a long way, and and even when we're home and, and all the kids live at home, you know, you've got to be in position to be able to go ashore. Matilda's got to be in a safe spot. We're not big fans of marinas. I mean, they really suck your sailing kitty dry. Yeah. So you know, we like to to have her in a safe spot and and. Sometimes it's a long time between visits, and that's probably the thing I find the hardest. And not being home for just those spontaneous moments, you know. Yeah. Grandchilds, or you know, your parents are group or whatever, and just be nice to be there. Yeah, yeah. You know, birthdays, all that stuff. Yeah. That's what I find the hardest. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Freedom comes with its uh, with its challenges as well, doesn't it? Everything's a sacrifice. Yes. Well, Deb, it's been really great talking to you, and um, I'm very grateful that we we met through the Women Who Sail Australia because I've um, it's been great reading your blog and and chatting to you. Um, so yeah. I th- thank you, thank you for your time and for being on the podcast. Um, yeah. I just wanted to finish up with sort of three questions I try and ask everyone, um, and the first one might be obvious now that we've spoken. But what's your favourite cruising ground? Oh, would have to be East Coast Australia. Australia, okay. And um, particularly the Sundays, and uh, we really, really love Sydney and around Pittwater. Yes, we love that area. It's yes. absolutely beautiful. And for women that are listening that are either into sailing but want to transition into cruising, um, what's one thing you would say to someone that to um, to get into it, to take the leap, and to do it? Do you have a, any words of advice? I think. Um, you know, there's a lot, but I think fear is, is a great deterrent. So if, if people can try and turn that around to while they're well, you know, and they're able and and they're, they're full of that, that excitement, that, oh, shall we go, shall we go, you know, do it, do it now. Because you can always, if you don't like it, you can come back and, yeah. you know, change your plans. But if you, if you keep waiting, if you let that, same with the to-do list. You yes. know, we were at the dock for a couple of years and people who were world cruisers kept saying to us, what are you still doing here? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. we said, we've got this stuff to do. They're like, trust me, this stuff never goes away. Yeah. You yeah. Know, if the vessel is safe and, and uh, you know, your engine's good, your sails are good, do the rest of it while you're out there. Just get going. If you don't like it, come back. Yeah. So true. Yeah, true. Yeah, great, great. And final question, Deb. Um, Is there another female sailor that you know or that you've heard of that you would like to hear on the podcast whose uh, story you think would be interesting to share? Yeah, well, I thought about this because there's so many. (laughs) Um, I really wish Beryl Smeaton was alive. I would love to sit down and talk to her. She's an amazing sailor. Um, was, was. Um, but I guess someone that I'd love to, to hear more about just to hear her talk would be Jude Binder yes okay yep uh, she's off uh, uh, Banyando Banyando I'll never get my tongue around it uh, from Tassie her and Jack oh yep. my goodness what a story okay and uh, 
seriously just fantastic. They give so much information. Yeah. They're so experienced. Yep. You know, and they're so down to earth. And uh, I think she'd be fantastic to listen to. Yeah. Great. Okay. I'll, um, I mean, I've, I've been on their website a few times, so I'll see if I can make contact and track her down. Yeah, well, they certainly seem very approachable. Yeah. Um, I've okay. chatted with Jack a few times on Messenger and full of information, just yeah. so giving. You know. So much experience. Okay. Yes, absolutely mind-boggling experience. Yeah, yeah. Okay, excellent. Well, thank you again, Deb, for your time, and um, it's been fantastic talking to you, and I really hope that we'll um, cross paths one day, soon, hopefully. Oh, absolutely. Thank you for having me. Um, I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, good, good, good. And, um, yeah, it'll be good good to meet you face-to-face. And, um, It'll be awesome. Either in Australia or Southeast Asia. <laughs> yeah, we might cross paths, definitely. Yeah. I think that would be fantastic. Yeah. So, um... Happy sailing, and, um, yeah, thank you again. Okay, Tina, thank you. Thanks, bye. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please be sure to leave me a comment either on my website or on your podcast app. Stay tuned, as I have plenty more conversations to come where I talk to women from around the globe about their love, fear, and passion for sailing and what they have learned along the way, not just about sailing, but about themselves. If there's a woman you know who sails, who you think I should talk to, or whose story you would like to hear, please let me know by getting in touch via email, Facebook, or Instagram. All the details can be found on my website. For more conversations, information, and inspiration for women who sail, head to thisgirlsails.com. To follow my journey, as I travel with my family on board our yacht Galileo, as I learn about sailing, the fun, the pitfalls, the fear, and the beautiful places we visit while living on a boat full-time. Find me on Instagram and Facebook, at This Girl Sails. Thank you, everyone. I'm so grateful you have found This Girl Sails. Until next time, happy sailing.